Welcome to Mali the podcast. This is a full version of the edited video clip on MaliTalkShow.com. I feel very grateful. We all have magic. We all have this spark that makes us wake up every day and do what we do. The things that I'm doing when it comes to impact, female founder, raising strong community, having a fund that invests in diverse team and female founder is a need, is not something that's nice to have. This first episode is with Jasper Schlump, head of investor relations at Kapakura, an impact investor. After he moved back from London to Germany, his life took an unexpected turn. This podcast is proudly produced by Totem.co and One Minute Video. Welcome, Jasper, to my talk show today. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you, Molly. How are you? I'm good. I'm super happy to have you today. I'm in Berlin. You're in Munich. Maybe we'll start with you telling me what is keeping you busy these days. Very strong connection, Munich and Berlin, even in uh, pandemic times. Even. <laughs> what keeps me busy? Even, absolutely. What keeps me busy? Um, new week, uh, new start, um, start of, of spring. Um, today was a lot about uh, strategizing with the team. Uh, it's uh, currently um, going crazy in terms of lead investment and also co-investors, as you know, we're trying the Kapakura to digitize and to democratize the impact VC worlds and also bring uh, a new mindset, um, a more uh, inclusive thinking, a more sustainable mindset into the VC world. Absolutely. And we will dive into the conversation about VC world and investor. Absolutely. Um, more of it today. But before that, maybe let's talk about you. Let's talk about things that usually we're not talking in any other W launch platform. And something you mentioned before that it's really magic to me. It's about the motivation around homecoming. Very true. It took me a long time um, to, to be brave enough and uh, to be determined enough to, to come back um, to um, yeah, Munich, um, where my heart and where my home is. Um, it's a good question. Um, there was first, obviously, the motivation to go as far as possible um, to, to find out what the, the world of what different realities are all about. And uh, having grown up in, in Munich um, in a very uh, affluent um, and very wealthy uh, reality myself, um, I think it took me uh, during my teenage years when I uh, read probably one of the most important books in my life from Jean Ziegler, the special uh, analyst of the World uh, Bank and World Food Program back in the days. Um, and he essentially put in his book um, the the empire of, of scam or shame, um, saying that uh, currently we are 7 billion people living in the world. Um, we could feed 12 billion and uh, every day still 1 billion go to bed hungry. And that kind of that um, uh, equalization um, or that phrase just uh, always uh, stuck in my mind. Um, and funnily enough, I then uh, decided after high school to kind of 
leave my own reality uh, behind for a moment and meet people and, and cultures um, and dive into different realities. And um, I needed uh, my, my first uh, brutal experience, uh, I would say, uh, going to Ghana, um, um, you know, trying to save the world. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so young. Being met with, yeah, very young. Um, and realizing very quickly that uh, there was a lot of... Um, naive idealism uh, coming with it um, that it's not as easy as I thought to just uh, change the world uh, by my by my sheer pre presence um, and uh, yeah out of six months which I thought um, I would uh, give myself kind of to to taste and uh, dip into different waters um, it turned into 11 years uh, being abroad until um, the beginning of uh, 2018 when I realized um, for different reasons, very personal reasons, but also professional reasons to actually come back to Germany um, and uh, yeah, come back home and try to, to change things um, at your doorstep, as you, um, you, you tend to say. To give back. What, what can you say about your years in the UK? Very interesting, uh, very challenging. I think when you look back um, in my 20s, I had two big... Uh, dreams and two big ambitions. Um, one was that I wanted to live in the most vibrant, most multicultural city in the world. That was either New York or London for me back in uh, in the time. Um, and secondly, I, I told myself I really wanted to give as much as possible and be as curious, uh, as ambitious as possible until my 30s. And that was actually um, the I spent seven years in the UK. Um, that's where I kind of realized, uh, having done my master's in development studies and being still very uh, ambitious and motivated to actually uh, go into politics and, uh, you know, um, go into the World Bank, uh, United Nations, you name it. I realized through my studies that it's, uh, um, yeah, a, a problematic system that we have built uh, in terms of um, um, trying to, to, to help others um, by kind of indoctrinating uh, a specific mindset. Um, and then uh, kind of the mind, sh mind shift uh, for me um, started when I um, founded a, a small um, uh, impact NGO called Football Beyond Borders, where we um, combined football and education um, to help the most uh, disadvantaged kids in the UK. And uh, on, a, on a systematic level, what I learned um, and what I realized is that the UK has decided um, already in the in the late 80s with Margaret Thatcher being in power that um, a lot of things we in Germany take for granted in terms of education, in terms of the healthcare system, uh, the state has decided to pull out of that responsibility. So a lot of new players, entrepreneurs, social innovators had to jump in to kind of glue and stick uh, society together. That was a a wake-up call and the moment where I realized um, that, yeah, it's definitely been a, a different reality. So in, it looks uh, like you already kind of like plant the seed super early when it comes to impact, to social impact. You know, as a business person, we're always quite involved in politics as well because we want to make sure that those decision makers actually leading our ship, you know, here in Germany to the right direction. And... I would love to ask you, what do you think is the biggest problem nowadays in our society? And I mean Germany. Um, because 
as you mentioned, you went outside. It was a big reflection for you. And then it already, you planned the seed for helping others, give back to society in, in different ways. Um, what is it today that you see from Unique or from Berlin? It doesn't matter where you are, but as a society here in Germany. Um, we are lacking uh, responsibility. We are lacking uh, a moral and, uh, for me, uh, a very um, specific value system or value compass. Uh, and we, we're lacking uh, compassion. Um, and for me, um, most importantly, I think, is solidarity. What does it mean uh, to function as a society? And one of the main reasons why I also decided to come back to Germany uh, was that um, I had the images as a German uh, national um, being abroad, having, a, um, I would say, a healthy distance to actually look what is happening uh, in Germany, especially during the, the refugee crisis back in 2015. And all of a sudden, very quickly, how that, um, uh, I think in the beginning, um, uh, a mood of, um, of welcoming openness changed dramatically um, into uh, an image, um, an attitude of hostility. Um, and that was a moment where I didn't recognize uh, my, my country or my home country anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, that made me question a lot, a lot about uh, our culture, a lot about my, my country, a lot about my uh, beliefs. Uh, and I had more or less like a moral um, yeah, obligation, uh, responsibility to come back and kind of defend the values, I think, personally, um, which are right. That's fantastic. And, you know, you are talking and I'm thinking about, okay, we left Israel, you know, with the family and the kids came to back to Germany uh, and, and all this reflection and going out of your conference zone, although forever I worked an international level with my companies, also in America and also in Asia. But this is something very big you're mentioning here because most of the German, most of them, never actually went abroad, definitely not lived ab abroad to have like a reflection, you know, proportion of what's happening here. I'm always saying like for entrepreneurs heaven here, you know, this is actually what I didn't have while I was in Tel Aviv. But on the, on the same level, talking with you, like usually we have this discussion in closed doors and this is about time to make it more public because there's nothing to hide. There are many things that we want to impact the society. We want to make the next generation much more comfortable, more successful, to see more success coming out of the German ecosystem. So that leads me to another question. What was the time that you took the decision to become an impact investor? Because being an investor, it's one thing, but focusing on doing good while pushing your port uh, portfolios for revenue, this is something else. Um, you mentioned one uh, crucial point, I think. Uh, it's uh, a lot about the comfort zone. And for me, my, my way into social innovation and trying to uh, impact society was quite clear from, from the beginning. Um, what was interesting... Um, was always, I started in fundraising in, in, in the NGO world. Uh, I came back to Germany 
where you know I had the red carpets uh, um, right in front of me. I was supposed to take over um, an impact startup in education sector here in, in Munich, um, and you know build the team, make the business profitable. And on the third day um, after my arrival, uh, our um, investor, which we thought was was definitely um, uh, on board, decided to, um, to to cancel all negotiations uh, very last minute. And the interesting thing was that it was actually what I kind of was missing in the, the UK um, was the, the Caritas, one of the biggest, um, you know, welfare uh, um, uh, um, syndicates, uh, essentially, um, in Germany. And all of a sudden, I was kind of forced into, uh, the, um, um, into the water where a lot of sharks were. And uh, probably... Um, The, that was the year where I uh, was probably the, the most frustrating year, but also the, the year I learned the most. Because um, still early stage uh, impact investment um, is not, um, not very popular or known. Um, still, there's not enough capital being invested in, in young startups in, in, in Germany generally. I think it's 2% compared to the US and to China, which is ridiculous. Um, but the, but the capital is existing. The, it's not lack of capital. But it's not exactly being directed into um, early stage um, uh, startups, which uh, I think is, is a huge problem. And I was always faced with four big problems. The first one was the, the scene, the landscape of investors that was always dismystifying about, you know, I'm the, the business angel investor. So it was not transparent at all. Um, it was not on eye level on both sides. I had a lack of knowledge, but I had the feeling for a lot of uh, uh, investors, uh, I was a hobby. Um, you know, uh, it was the, the, the investment uh, sums or the tickets were rather small. And you have that gap between business angel tickets and uh, tickets uh, funds would do. So normally business angel tickets is 50K. The funds do uh, never less than 500,000. And you have that Delhi uh, Valley of Death. And the third one was uh, it took ages. I had seven, eight meetings uh, with these investors. And fourth, uh, it wasn't digital at all. So it was very old school until I actually met my, my current uh, business partner and the founder of uh, Kapakura Ingo. Uh, and that was, um, that gave me uh, light at the end of the tunnel. It's also uh, different perspective on how you look on the investment itself. Absolutely. Um, and I realized uh, you need to be successful, um, have profit and impact um, uh, alongside uh, each other. You know, usually, and the interesting thing, what we currently see... You know, usually yeah. we're talking about these topics specifically uh, when it comes to European Commission. You know, we, they, they always said, like, where is the gap we want to step in? Where is the female founder, the lack of having more capital or it's more challenging to, to fundraise, um, definitely in Europe and, and all these topics. And it's really phenomenal to see how much the VC world is starting to adapt that. I mean, it's not new, but it's still very niche. You know, we see it in Israel. We see it a lot in Silicon Valley, but it's the mindset. It's doing good while also showing revenue and returns to your investors. And this is, I think, the most important message for, from our discussion today. You know, it's not only charity, it's actually doing very good, but 
as an investor, you can see returns for your for your money. And, you know, um, we are truly collaborating a lot since we met. (laughs) I don't know. It was several years ago here in Berlin. I think it was like a great business click. You know, we are really on the same page. We're really speaking the same language. And for me, it was magical. Not because you are like white male guys working for VC, privilege, all these things that we tend to say on people that we want to break these boys clubs. But some of the boys in these boys clubs are actually very good boys. <laughs> you know, this is something I would like to say in this discussion. And these are the people that I would be very honest, were the most supporters when I launched W Launch. You know, they really pushed me to do more things for female founder because they saw the problem. So I want to ask you, what is the really biggest challenges or like, one challenge or more when it comes to investor that truly like yourself willing to invest more in female founder and i know that your portfolio is magically diverse and you're working very hard to make it happen what is the challenges is it the scouting is it the quality what is missing here i think the 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 problems um they lie um on both sides um, so far, if you look into uh, Germany, you know, uh, who are the people that really um, shaped the, um, the VC worlds? You know, it was uh, the Zamba brothers, it was the Rockets philosophy, it was this high speed, um, purely business school um, uh, graduating mindset. Um, same universities for same problem. founders from same investor. Exactly. Same stories, same narrative, same storytelling. And you would have them sitting uh, at both ends. And obviously, uh, equal uh, attracts equal. Um, And uh, that's exactly the barrier we need to to break down massively. Um, And the the parts and um, uh, our part, hopefully, to the solution um, uh, is that we have um, created and developed an AI-based valuation tool to kind of put all these sentiments, all these, um, uh, yeah, little things in between the lines aside for a moment and have an independent look at the business idea, at the team. So it's not um, biased. At the strategic fit. Exactly. Fantastic. Maybe you you can Um, share more about this, you know. How many startups already applied through this uh, process? It's interesting um, because when I met um, my when I met Ingo, he essentially felt like the the outlier um, at all these uh, events at business angel clubs, and there were essentially eighty five percent were sixty plus uh, old white men, and he didn't understand their thinking. He didn't understand how slow they were reacting. He was sitting at uh, different panels. They would never invest, although they would say they would do. And he said, we need to change this dramatically. Um, and essentially, um, we have, uh, and that was quite easy because we saw a niche in the market. I think there's um, PwC um, is, is essentially um, has one evaluation tool where you pay 150 euros. Um, uh, but other than that, there was nothing. And we kind of tried to exactly um, have a really comprehensive analysis, which is still very 
quick because we do it um, on AI basis. Um, and I think on the uh, two years ago, there were around 300 startups that applied for funding at Kapakura last year, what, 600? And our goal is that every startup in Germany goes through um, our evaluation tool. And then obviously we would be happy to share this with um, uh, our findings, our reports with other, other investors with the, always the, the goal in mind, help startups to secure the funding as quickly as possible. Fantastic. And Jasper, as not only talking, but doing, I think the last conversation we had, you mentioned like you hit 35% of your portfolio. It's actually female founder, all diverse team. How are you actually doing this? It, is this is through the AI platform, the tool, or this is something that you really lay as an investor on community? Because we all know community is a superpower of really finding those founders before it's too late. It is. We have a multi-layered okay. uh, community <laughs> approach. And that is quite interesting because obviously we want to do things and make things uh, better than everyone has uh, before. So the whole process, it's on eye level. Um, they will always get feedback if they want to. Um, if it's not nothing for us, um, then the business case or the investment case, we try to connect them with investors uh, who would be a better fit. Um, so obviously investors are happy if we um, uh, advise them and connect them. Startups are happy if they have a good experience with us. They will obviously tell uh, other um, befriended uh, startups that they should definitely try and uh, and get investment with Kapakura. Obviously our portfolio startups, we are now at 14. Um, they are the, the best ambassadors. And funnily enough, um, what we also try to create is this value-driven ecosystem that our startups within our portfolio support each other in a highly respectful and curious way. But also all our co-investors, which we bring in, um, they are obviously also um, ambassadors of Kapakura and they, uh, most of them very experienced uh, investors um, and they obviously know also where the deal flow is happening. Plus, we are, I think, incredibly uh, good connected now in the German ecosystem in terms of all the accelerator programs, the incubators. So we are the necessary, um, the crucial next steps for all these formal ideas um, or MVPs to actually then get funding for the next steps. That's exactly where we come I'm in. I'm super happy and I'm so proud of hearing you speaking like this because I think when we met, you know, we talked about how W Launch can open these doors and what we can do together to put these messages out there. And we all know that the VCs are quite not really going together for co-investment and we need to see it more and more here in Germany. I have a tricky last question. And it may sound like a bit politics, but we're always talking in between, you know. Um, what do you all really about wish for the German or European politics when it comes to be very attractive ecosystem for investors and for, I would say, younger generation and not only younger generation to really raise the success companies here? The easy answer is probably um, look at the countries who do it a lot better than we do. Mm -hmm. And like whom? Um, like whom, by that, I don't mean, um, by that, I don't mean, um, you know, the, the, the Silicon Valley, ultra capitalistic, hyper growth uh, uh, investor and VC scene. I think 
that's not where Europe should go. I don't think either that Europe should go the Asian way where you have a lot of state-driven investment. Uh, some, so, sometimes it seems a bit unethical, but I think there's a unique historical chance for Europe to be the human, impact-driven, sustainable block in between these two. And I think countries who do that already very, very uh, well, uh, obviously the Scandinavian countries, uh, um, uh, Estland, for example, Estonia is doing it very well uh, to attract new talent, to keep them. Uh, but also, I think in Germany, you have different states who do better than others. Mm -hmm. I was impressed, uh, having been at many investor days at uh, uh, Sachsen or uh, Thüringen, um, they have perfect starting conditions for startups um, and they really try to attract uh, that talent yeah. you see the movement um, and make it well. uh, yeah i see absolutely the movement um for politics uh, be a lot more open-minded i think there's so much happening uh, underneath the surface at the moment uh, and give new businesses the chance to to start quickly um, and put more capital into it and make it i think more publicly aware as well fantastic We can talk about this forever, as always, and I'm always happy having you on, you know, every W launch, different format, business um, um, circles or things that we are doing to really put this out loud outside as a message. And also in, as an investor, I would like to say you are quite unique when you really coming also as a mentor even when startups are really pitching, you are really tend to take like different approach. And I really, I really like that. And I appreciate that because I think female founders actually need that even more to see that the door is open. So I wish and we that was have, actually, yes. um, that was actually, um, and I, first of all, want to, to thank you. Thank you for your trust. Thank you for your, your openness. Um, yeah. For, for giving me the opportunity to come in as a mentor um, for one of my most magical moments uh, was actually last year um, with the amazing um, uh, F-Lane Accelerator, which you designed together with, uh, um, or W Lounge uh, designed together with uh, F-Lane um, from Vodafone, was the moment where I was sitting in a, in a room, in a digital room full of women and amazing female entrepreneurs, and where we exactly came down to the point um, that some were really frustrated in, in terms of fundraising. And we it seemed like at the end we were hitting a wall. Um, but afterwards, I actually uh, checked in with some of them. And I think uh, a lot of good things came out of that. Fantastic. So that was a, a pure magical moment. And another one, I really want to, to thank you again. Also, be always open and incredible connector and a role model for the VC world of the future. Um, when I met through you, Juliane um, Schiefer, uh, one of the most impressive uh, women uh, and impressive I've met uh, last year, exactly these type of new investors we need to make a real uh, difference. Fantastic. So what can I say after that? Thank you so much, Jasper, for the time, for the willingness, for being so unique and drive to, you know, the mission and the goal. And uh, like, you know, no, like, like you always say, like dance, like no one is looking. <laughs> this is what you're doing. Thank you so much. And I'm sure this is not the last time we will speak on this format. I'm very proud to having you on my podcast, on my talk show, and have a great evening. 
It was a great pleasure, Marlene. Thank you very thank much. You, thank you so much.